0: so many people have requested a collaboration with Whitney Webb her series went viral last year much more about Epstein than the shallow headlines that we've been seeing in the news I mean Whitney has gone deep into the history of intelligence agencies honey traps all of the various ties from the Clinton family to her latest work about Bloomberg so before we get into the questions here Whitney thanks for coming on and could you just tell the people watching this who you are and how you came into the Epstein case please
1: um, alright so my name is Whitney Webb I have been writing with Met Press News for about three years Um, and that is where this uh, series ended up being published. Um, I got into uh, writing about the Epstein scandal quite by accident. I only really had my, uh, decided to investigate it for myself when it came out that um, Epstein had been, or or Alex Acosta, who used to, um, you know, work in the Trump administration when he was being interviewed by the Trump transition team, uh, stated that his reason for, you know, signing off on Epstein's sweetheart deal in 2008 was because Epstein had belonged to intelligence. So when that came out, I was really interested in seeing if I could find out you know, what intelligence agency that was um, and the nature of, of how that uh, relationship began and things like that. And what I found is that this is something that did not really start with Epstein. It goes much farther back. Um, and there's a lot of, um, you know, ties between Epstein to previous sexual blackmail operations that really date back, you know, going back to the Prohibition era, um, because this is a tactic that was um, really um, perfected in the U.S. by the, the American mafia, who later got in bed with intelligence. And that nexus is essentially what gave rise to Jeffrey Epstein, which is, you know, probably like the shortest summary I can give of the whole series I did, which was a, a four-part series with, with a couple spin spinoffs.
0: Well there's so many questions and people have watched all of this the various videos that I've put up um, over the months as well and just looking at, at stuff that would be the most novel I think for my viewers I just read what you've put up about Bloomberg, shall we start with the relationship between Bloomberg and Epstein and his associates?
1: Um, Sure, if you'd like. That is my most recent uh, Epstein-related article, and I think it's really relevant because Michael Bloomberg, of course, is seeking the presidency now, Um, as part of the Democratic Party, and oddly enough, even though he has, you know, pictures of Ghislaine Maxwell, he was in Epstein's Book of Context, where Epstein had at least five different numbers and a couple addresses for Bloomberg, there has been no questioning um, of Bloomberg on those ties, which I think is really troubling, um, and and a a very damning indictment of mainstream media, um, especially because, you know, when the Epstein scandal first broke, there was lots of, you know, even in the mainstream and alternative media as well, speculation, about his ties to the Clintons his ties to Trump and really anyone that was seen as having very close ties with Epstein you know they automatically almost became radioactive as it were and you know several months after not actually not that long after the fact you know um, you know the, the he, Epstein was arrested in July uh, Bloomberg announces candidacy in November of last year um, There has been no interest apparently um, in American mainstream media in asking Bloomberg about those ties and oddly enough in rival campaigns uh, for for the presidency in the US that have sought to throw shade on Bloomberg and criticize him for various things. They have also declined uh, to pursue this, which I think is quite troubling. Another of, uh, of those ties that I think is also significant um, would be Bloomberg's ties to Leslie Wexner, who of course was um, you know, a very close associate and you know, the source of a large amount, if not the majority of Epstein's so-called fortune. Um, Bloomberg um, was known to have socialized and attended parties at Wexner's homes on more than one occasion. Of course, we know from Epstein accusers that um, Wexner's homes on occasion were used by Epstein in his uh, for his nefarious ends. Um, and of course, there's been no interest in that. And also, um, you know, Wexner was one of these figures that was pressured in the wake of the Epstein scandal uh, to, to rec- recuse himself from public life, not unlike what happened to Prince Andrew and some other uh, close Epstein associates. And that is why uh, Wexner was pushing, really, to sell and and leave his position as CEO of his company, The Limited, or Limited Brands. And it was actually a Bloomberg-backed private equity firm that took over that company recently. Uh, Sycamore Partners bought the controlling stake from Wexner, allowing him to step uh, out of his role in the company with a hefty payout. I forget the exact sum, but that, um, that firm has uh, you know, over a hundred million dollars uh, of Bloomberg's money in it. So I think that connection was also glossed over. And that's why Bloomberg um, you know, is, is attending you know, Democratic debates and very much um, you know, a, a relevant figure in, in U.S. politics. But he hasn't been questioned on these ties at all, um, which I think is really significant. And I also, in the article, go over a couple of other ties. That Bloomberg has to people that were also connected uh, to Jeffrey Epstein in various uh, forms, including uh, Mort Zuckerman, who's a media executive who bought, for example, uh, the New York Daily News after Robert Maxwell's death. Maxwell was the previous owner and also had close ties with Jeffrey Epstein, uh, was a former, uh, I believe, business partner of his um, and also uh, attended dinners at his home and is a longtime supporter and backer of Michael Bloomberg, who, not unlike Mort Zuckerman, is also a New York media executive.
0: Okay, so you've raised so many um, questions there. I'd just like to start (laughs) out by saying that the toxicity continues on this side of the pond, they're trying to kick out the boss of Barclays Bank right now over here, and also in my lifetime I've never ever seen the career of a member of the royal family melt down like has happened to Prince Andrew and deservedly so, so in the eyes of the public the tabloids there is a trafficking conspiracy that has Epstein at the top and then Ghislaine Maxwell, Jean-Luc Brunel etc but you have said that what Epstein was doing was part of a much bigger picture of intelligence agency honey traps which have been going on for decades so in the grand conspiracy then bigger than the tabloid conspiracy where does wexner fit into that was he above epstein
1: oh yeah i definitely think so i think epstein was really um more of a front man for interests that wexner is is closely associated associated with and, and represents um, but going back into the the history um, i'm trying to think of where the best place to start with wexner but basically um, we know that wexner um had ties with organized crime as early as the early 1980s on um, his relationship with epstein it's not exactly clear when it began Because both Wexner and Epstein, when they were asked about the date that they met um, over the years, both gave different responses, each one of them saying, you know, depending on who was interviewing them would give a different year at any given time. So the range goes from 1985 to 1989. With you know 1987 also being thrown out there, so it's not exactly clear when they uh, met exactly, but um, it appears I my guess would be that it was 1985 based on uh, my research and some of the sources that I've cited in um, in my series and subsequent articles. And this is because in 1985 Leslie Wexner um, was implicated in the murder of his lawyer, Arthur Shapiro, and a police report from that time period uh, directly linked uh, Leslie Wexner to organized crime interests, specifically the Genovese crime family, which is one of the main uh, factions of the National Crime Syndicate, to which um, numerous other um, families in the so-called mega-group that I talk about in my series that Wexner co-founded with Charles Bronfman. They all have ties to the same national crime syndicate, either through their families or through their own business um, business relations. So Wexner is one of those individuals, um, uh, having co-founded the the mega group. And but before then, with Epstein, he was involved. He and Epstein together um, were involved in a lot of shady real estate deals in New York. Um, this was also at the time when Epstein um, had met and begun to associate publicly. Um, with other figures in the New York real estate uh, circle, I guess you could say, this includes Donald Trump, this includes Tom uh, Barrick of Colony Capital, who continues to be a close associate of of Trump. Um, And going forward, um, by the time the, the 90s had really begun, Um, Wexner and Epstein were incredibly close, Epstein Epstein, uh, exercised an incredible amount of control over Wexner's finances, had power of attorney, had the right to hire and fire people at Wexner's enterprises, and it was at that point that Wexner and Epstein together oversaw the relocation of the CIA front company Southern Air Transport that was involved in the Iran-Contra scandal uh, from its previous base in Miami, Florida to Columbus, Ohio, presumably to run cargo for the uh, limited which at the time was the nation's largest retailer Um, but of course there were figures in Ohio's government that speculated that Epstein and Wexner because this was well known to the public actually to be a CIA front company because of reporting on the Iran Contra scandal these officials uh, speculated um, and, and had apparently strong reason to believe that um Epstein and Wexner were both working with the CIA in some capacity and were smuggling um for for interests that related to both the CIA and organized crime leading Ohio's inspector general at the time to refer to that cargo run for the limiter that southern air transport relocated to do he referred to that as the Mayor Lansky run uh you know a reference to the famous Jewish American mobster who was really the head of the national crime syndicate that I just mentioned so um this national crime syndicate has close ties both to U.S. intelligence and Israeli intelligence um, and, and is sort of, I would call, like a transnational crime syndicate. And I think, honestly, that Epstein, um, even though he had ties to both um, intelligence agencies, was really working more for them because they have transnational interests that at times jive better with perhaps Israel's current government than the U.S.'s current government. But they, um, these, you know, uh, billionaires that are behind this group, um, you know, have their own agenda. And occasionally, uh, the governments to which they're closely tied will deviate from that at which at which point someone like Epstein um, could use blackmail to keep them in line with the so called mega groups um, agenda. So that's my personal take on it. Um, though it has been uh, substantial evidence has grown uh, since I last, uh, or, or come, come out since I published my, or finished publishing my series in August, that the sexual blackmail um, operation in particular was most closely tied to Israeli military intelligence. Uh, this comes from a couple sources, including uh, most recently, the, the most person, a person who most recently came out and said this was Steve Hoffenberg, who was um, Epstein's former business partner at Tower Financial, which was this huge Ponzi scheme, basically, that they took together started in 1987 it collapsed in 1993 only hoffenberg was charged even though epstein was the architect of the scheme because his name was later dropped from the case not unlike what happened with his sweetheart deal so you know he clearly had friends in high places way back then the sexual op- the sexual blackmail operation is believed to have be begun around 1993 and 1995. Um, in the, but you know, well before then, as I just sort of laid out, there were ties to intelligence that were um, ongoing, and even during the ni- later on in, in his life, Epstein would claim that during the 1980s that he worked directly with the CIA. You know, he had ties to people or was um, working on behalf of people like Adnan Khashoggi, the famous, or infamous, rather, uh, Saudi arms dealer who had ties to both Saudi, U.S. and Israeli intelligence. Um, So, you know, I think Epstein, honestly, was more of sort of like a mercenary, I guess you could say, in the world of intelligence, doing things like sexual blackmail, um, financial crimes and things of that nature. Um, and was really you know sort of um, I guess a front man for this sort of um, mafia type enterprise the mega group that hides behind this mask of philanthropy they call themselves philanthropists but they all have deep ties to (laughs) organized crime
0: (laughs) (laughs) like Ghislaine Maxwell we're gonna have young people save the oceans so you've you've mentioned the about sovereign transport so I wrote a book on Barry Seal and he was flying loads in of cocaine into America for the CIA, weapons out, financing (laughs) the war, you know, going down to Nicaragua. And through that research, it brought me to the Clinton crime family, and I learned there's a place where organized crime and the intelligence agencies and the political mafia coexist. So Mm -hmm. it seems that we're on, like, we've been on separate um, journeys, but we've reached the same same destination. You've mentioned the mega group several times for people who are not uh, familiar with all this terminology could you just expand on what the mega group is
1: Um the mega group is this group of so-called philanthropist uh billionaires who which was founded by Leslie Wexner and Charles Bronfman in 1991 um, it has um, i it's membership roster isn't public um, but there was a Wall Street Journal article that was the first uh Public reveal, I guess you could say, of the group's existence. This was published, I believe, in either 1998 or 1999. Um, and the group was founded in 1991, and they were referred to as the Mega Group um, uh, or the Study Group. They had a couple different nicknames, but I guess Mega Group is the name that stuck because they're these so called mega billionaires. Um, And what these guys all have in common is that they, um, you know, are nominally American, but they also all have an extreme zealous support for the state of Israel. Um, And nearly all of them have direct ties to organized crime, uh, either through their families or, you know, by virtue of of their actions and business interests. Um, I mentioned Leslie Wexner a little bit being named by... um, you know, uh, Ohio's police as uh, an affiliate to the National Crime Syndicate. The Bronfman family has its ties to the National Crime Syndicate going back uh, to when that crime syndicate was founded. Actually, it predates the founding of that crime syndicate anyway, the Bronfman family's ties. It goes back to Canadian, uh, the the Prohibition era in Canada, which preceded the U.S.'s own prohibition. Um, You have other figures like Michael Steinhardt, who is also uh, very close to Michael Bloomberg, who we were just talking about. Um, and he, uh, Michael uh, Michael Steinhardt's father, was actually uh, Mayor Lansky's jewel fence and was a major player in the New York criminal underworld and was actually the person that jump-started his son's uh, Wall Street career. Uh, Michael Steinhardt is a well-known uh, hedge fund manager and has recently made headlines because of the numerous amount of women accusing him of sexual harassment and um, very uh deplorable behavior um another figure that's tied to organized crime would be max fisher who is not alive anymore but used to be a major political operative and advisor uh, to henry kissinger and nixon Um, and who was also, I believe, the founder of the Republican Jewish Coalition, which is basically one of the main uh, funding sources for for neoconservative political candidates. Uh, Today it's dominated by Sheldon Adelson um, and Paul Singer, but it used to be, you know, Leslie Wexner used to be a major player there as well, as well as some other uh, members of the mega group. Max Fisher used to be um, used to associate with the the, the Detroit uh, Detroit Purple Gang which was another sort of um a f- faction of the national crime syndicate a, a Jewish American mob uh, based in the area where he grew up in Detroit, Michigan. Um, and you know, there's there's several more. Steven Spielberg, even for example, who's part of this mega group. He's a protege of Lou Wasserman, uh, who was uh, you know a protege himself of Mo Dalitz, who is this well-known Jewish American uh, mobster uh, based in Ohio, who was named by uh, the FBI and the precursor to the DEA. Um, of being basically second in command or you know, a number two type ranking figure in, in Mayor Lansky's criminal empire, which really is the National Crime Syndicate. Um, the National Crime Syndicate, which I've mentioned a lot, that was founded sort of beto- by Charles Luciano and Mayor Lansky in the 1920s and sort of brought the Jewish mob and American mob together. But at a certain point during World War II when that um, syndicate first got in bed with US intelligence, um, Luciano was deported to Italy and basically Lansky took over the whole operation and and basically uh, dominated it. So he is a, you know, Lansky is a really key figure in how this developed and of course these uh figures themselves uh, were very involved in sexual blackmail operations uh well preceding their union with u.s intelligence and they actually um helped the cia or the precursor to the cia the oss blackmail um the the long director of the fbi j edgar hoover among numerous other politicians and military officials um but i didn't want to get too far off of that but basically the mega group is um sort of an outgrowth outgrowth of that same syndicate that has longstanding ties to um, U.S. and Israeli intelligence, but um, they're also major political donors, as I mentioned, the Republican Jewish coalition. They're major political donors, not just in the U.S., but also in the state of Israel. A lot of members of the mega group, including Ronald Lauder, who's a close friend of Trump and was also um, a close friend of his his mentor. Roy Cohn, uh, he was one of the main backers of the Likud party and, uh, oversaw, uh, Netanyahu's first, uh, victory, uh, victorious campaign as a prime minister of Israel in 1996, um, and was largely credited with that campaign being successful, which was really, um, you know, Netanyahu was the underdog there, and, uh, Lauder, through his large financial backing of that campaign, and also connecting him with Arthur Finkelstein, this, uh, uh, Republican political uh, operative in the US who's quite controversial um, that was basically credited with Netanyahu winning that that campaign so he is very you know they have close ties to both governments and both intelligence agencies um, and that's sort of where the more you look at this group that starts to really seem like the center point of this whole web uh, in which you know Epstein was that, that Epstein was a part of
0: so a lot of people were baffled when it came out that Epstein was courting all these heads of technology and reading what you've been researching and writing about the power is in tech and the intelligence agencies mm-hmm. are permeating themselves um, in in the fields of tech to get that power you mentioned on a recent article about twitter and how in particular um, is Israel is putting people in these positions in these technology companies to get that information and get that power could you expand on that please
1: yeah sure so this is something that both US and Israeli intelligence have been doing for several decades um a, a good place to start, I guess, would be the 1980s with the Promise software scandal, which involved both US and Israeli intelligence, the installing of a backdoor into this software that was stolen from the company that created it, um, and then was basically marketed all over the world by people, including Robert Maxwell. Um, and then that allowed both the US and Israeli intelligence through separate backdoors to have access to all the databases where that software was installed. Promise was just the first of many such companies that have been doing that for a very long time. There was recently um, an expose, I believe published in the Washington Post, about how um, a cryptography company based in Switzerland that was very uh, widely used and respected was actually secretly owned by the CIA and that a lot of um, you know, that same software had a, had a trapdoor, not unlike what had taken place uh, s- several years prior with the Promise software. But increasingly, even though both US and Israel in the past, like in Promise, have collaborated to do that type of activity, there are also situations where Israel has done, um, Israeli intelligence has basically use that same approach, but in targeting the U.S. rather aggressively. Um, Leaked NSA documents have revealed that the NSA considered Israel to be the third most aggressive spy agency targeting the U.S. behind Russia and China that would put Israel ahead of countries like Iran and North Korea, which is quite um, significant. So anyway, um, after September 11th there were a series of reports in Fox News by um, Carl Cameron who uh, basically revealed that there were several companies, Israeli companies, um, software companies and tech companies and telecommunications companies that were very involved in basically providing backdoors to sensitive US communications to Israel's government. Um, And we also know that one of those companies, Amdocs, was involved in basically the wiretapping of the White House, which is how Netanyahu uh, acquired tapes of Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky basically having phone sex and attempted to use that as leverage over Clinton. And that apparently um, was a factor in Clinton deciding to pardon Mark Rich, uh, who is uh, the founder of Glencore and was a fugitive for a very long time and controvers- controversially pardoned Clinton's last days um, in office. So this same operation, you know, there's promise and there's all this going on in the 90s up until after the after 9-11. In the post-9-11 era, um, this really, um, I would say, exploded um, because in the era... Uh, of post-9/11 America, there's been a push to sort of digitize um, counterterrorism efforts. A lot of those software, the software used for that, have had ties to uh, the Maxwell family, uh, including one that that was used by the FBI and several other agencies after 9/11, and uh, you know this continues up until today. Um, There's a company that I wrote about recently called Cyber Reason that is um, basically run by the former uh, head of offensive nation state hacking operations for Israeli military intelligence, who, who views his work at Cyber Reason, he says himself, as a continuation of his work at Israeli military intelligence. And they have been installed, their software has been installed. It's an antivirus software. It's basically been installed on networks for uh, the DISA, the CIA, and the NSA, um, and several other sensitive uh, networks for the U.S. Army and the U.S. Navy um and uh technology experts quoted in in numerous articles have have noted that antivirus specifically gets access to um endpoints of of you know the entire system not just the computer itself but the networks it's connected to in order to protect the software and is the quote unquote ultimate backdoor as one of them said uh into into these networks so this type of stuff continues um a lot of it is pushed through really actively by the Israel lobby, which includes um, organizations funded by these mega group donors, um, and also um, you know other other lobby groups, and it has really. Been to the benefit of the state of Israel, all of that, and it's, um, you know, Epstein even was involved in one of these companies. He was funding one called carbine by 911, uh, which is basically um, an Israeli uh, military intelligence-linked uh, company that gets installed in all the emergency call software um, or, or like the the infrastructure for 911 emergency calls in the United States, um, and then. Uh, What that software does is that when you call 911 from your phone, it gets access to literally everything on your phone and then stores it and then uses um, algorithms to predict Um, your future behavior and future crime and pre-crime and like all this other uh, very Orwellian stuff. Um, And of course, this company, uh, not only did Epstein invest in it, Peter Thiel of um, PayPal and Palantir fame, who's very close to the Trump administration, also has ties to Israel, also invested in that. And the chairman of the board and one of the other main investors is Ehud Barak, who we knew had very close ties to Jeffrey Epstein is not just the former prime minister of Israel, but the former head of Israeli military intelligence um, at the time that Epstein was allegedly recruited to work for them in the 1980s. Um, so that's pretty significant. He was a frequent visitor not only to Epstein's island, but also spent the night at apartments that Epstein, where Epstein kept a lot of his um, you know, sex slaves basically. Um, that was owned by Epstein's brother, Mark Epstein, and Ehud Barak has somehow evaded, not unlike many other figures connected to the scandal, um, a lot of political scrutiny. He sort of got some uh, mud, sling, mud thrown at him by Netanyahu when he tried to run in the recent Israeli election, and then he sort of stepped back and decided not to run beyond that. There hasn't been any push uh, for accountability from Ehud Barak and this company. Um, that I just mentioned, that was funded by people like Epstein directly, and uh, you know, backed by Ehud Barak, who's chairman of its board. Um, they're uh, have they're still installed on sef- in on the 911 software in several counties in the U.S. with plans to expand. So, you know, that's where uh, that is at this current point in time. The fact that Epstein would be interested in backing something like this is significant, but it's part of a broader policy push by Israel's government and some of these you know mega group linked or mega you know other uh, pro israel billionaires in the US to basically outsource or make U.S. tech dependent on um, Israeli tech with the, with the ostensible purpose of preventing um, boycotts of Israel um, in at any point in the future, which has sort of been a, a push of the Israel lobby within the United States where you can't even um, criticize Israel in U.S. Uh, universities or at public institutions or things of that nature due to um, legislation that's gone forward. And I think that um, that broader push is part of why we see someone like Epstein after his sexual blackmail operation was exposed, after his first arrest and really fell apart, um, began to cultivate really close ties with the tech industry, uh, cultivating ties with people like uh, Elon Musk of Tesla, um, and, you know, um, appearing at, at dinners with people like Reid Hoffman of LinkedIn, um, meeting with people like Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, and really trying to rebrand himself before his most recent arrest um, as a tech investor. A lot of those um, interviews where he was trying to promote himself as such ended up not being published after his arrest, but there were several outlets that came out and said later that they'd interviewed Epstein um, from that perspective of, of sort of um, painting him as this investor in tech in the technology uh, US technology sector.
0: So you've raised Bill Clinton's name and a lot of people have asked you know where did Epstein's money come from you, you've covered that to an extent so when I was writing about Barry Seal and researching what happened in Arkansas Larry Nichols who worked for the Clintons under ADFA he said you know that was set up supposedly to boost jobs in the economy but actually almost a hundred million dollars worth of money from these arms for drugs transactions was getting laundered through ADFA every month and the way they did it was you, you could get a loan from ADFA that you never had to pay back to get that loan you paid the Rose Law Firm so much money right. and, then, and then the loan got approved so there's this, this, this mind-boggling amount of money in circulation because of these Deals that the intelligence agencies are running. Do you think that some of Epstein's money came from that or he was laundering uh, proceeds from such deals?
1: Yeah, I definitely think he was super involved in money laundering. And I think, um, you know, if you look at Epstein's history, he left Bear Stearns in 1981. Um, I think he had uh, ties to BCCI, the Bank of Credit and Commerce International, which was very involved um, with the Iran-Contra scandal, because we know that some of Epstein's clients during that time, like Adnan Khashoggi, relied heavily on that bank, and that that bank was heavily connected to intelligence at a time when Epstein claimed at one point that he was working for intelligence. So um, I think that was de- there are definitely connections there. As to the, the laundry that the Clintons um, set up in Arkansas, while Bill Clinton was governor, I don't know if Epstein had direct ties to that one in particular. But, I mean, that was just one of many money laundering operations that were being supervised and run at the behest of the CIA uh, during that period of time. Um, But I think Epstein, because during the 1980s, um, was not really in the U.S. that much. He was spent a lot of time in, in London and traveling around, as evidenced by this uh, mysterious Austrian passport that sort of came to light um, after his recent arrest. He was, uh, you know, going all over the world, um, but not so. Uh, it appeared that he wasn't spending any amount of time or long periods of time um, in the U.S. specifically. Um, I also think it's interesting, too, um, which hasn't really gotten enough coverage, in my opinion, in terms of the BCCI scandal, that BCCI was also... Um, involved in the sex trafficking of minors um, as an attempt to blackmail and basically bribe officials in different governments to get them to go along with um or rather to not prosecute and look the other way when it came to bccis uh, criminal activity um money laundering among other things and we know for a fact that this happened because it's in the u.s senate report or senate investigation of um, bcci and its activities so it's pretty much on the record um that this happened and um what you mentioned earlier about how you and I, uh, you went sort of the, the drug investigation route and I sort of went the sexual blackmail, uh, sexual blackmail operation route um, you know, this is really, um, you know, arms trafficking, drug trafficking, the, the sexual blackmail. Um, and, and the trafficking of minors all of this stuff is is done by the same uh, group I guess you could call them or whatever This the syndicate um, they're involved in all of these activities and they have used all of these activities um, for years for, for different purposes and have gotten away with it because there's been no accountability um, they've been doing this as I mentioned um, for decades almost <laughs> actually probably like around a century now um, and uh, there hasn't been any accountability and they are just Uh, have so much influence and power, it seems like in in a lot of public institutions that normally we would presume would hold these people accountable. Um, But as far as Epstein's money laundering goes, he also laundered a lot of money through New York real estate. Real estate... Uh, deals or shady real estate deals, especially if they are cash only transactions or frequently used for money laundering. Um, I think a lot of that, as I mentioned earlier, um, how Epstein and Wexner were involved in a lot of real estate deals um, in the 1980s, they were basically flipping all these properties around for cash only deals to shell companies that they also owned and all this you know, other shady activity. Um, And at this time, as I mentioned, they were involved, uh, Epstein was, you know, personal friends with people like Trump and and Tom Barrack and and people like that who also have been accused of um, using their real estate empires for the purpose of money laundering. Um, That's why I think, you know, the Epstein-Trump connections didn't really get um, as much coverage, perhaps, as the Clinton ones, because the Clinton one, um, you know, has much more direct ties with the sexual blackmail operation than the Trump one does. But I think that's because, you know, the ties of, of Trump, um to epstein are related more to the sort of uh, criminal activity that takes pl- that has taken place for a long time in uh the new york real estate market and also the fact that uh, one of donald trump's mentors roy Cohn, who i talk about in my series quite a bit um was also very involved in sexual blackmail operations so if your mentor is someone involved in that they will tell you how not to be ensnared um and by all indications we know that trump knew what epstein was doing because because uh, several years before Epstein was even arrested, um, Trump talked about how he was always surrounded by women on the "quote younger side" um, and things of that nature. And we also had recently uh, the 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 widow of Senator John McCain in the U.S. Uh, go out in public and say we all knew what Epstein was doing, um, which I think didn't really get any coverage at all. So you know, it's pretty much known that this was uh, known to be going on. Um, I dug up uh, dug up a bunch of reports about Epstein and Elaine Maxwell, Maxwell that were scrubbed from the internet after his first arrest in 2007, but I still found. Um quite a bit of them, and a lot of those also revealed, if you read them, um, that it was very clear it was going on. I mean, there were reports as early as the 90s about Ghislaine Maxwell taking groups of young teenage girls and training them um, in sex techniques and things like that. I mean, it's very obvious if that was even able to make it into mainstream journalism at the time, it's very obvious that this was known uh, to the people and so- that ran in these social circles with these with these individuals.
0: This level of information that you have, um, does it worry you <laughs> at all? I mean, last year I came. W- on worry t- me I in know. what
1: way? <laughs> well, I, I, I,
0: <laughs> last year I was doxed and hacked and everything uh, yeah, was upside I mean, down for like a yeah. month.
1: Yeah, I um, I had um, a guy try and uh, harass my father in my hometown where I haven't lived since I like left to go to college. And put pictures of him online and threatened to go like interview him on his YouTube channel and, and you know, just a lot of other stuff like that. And I, I mean, I've gotten some weird messages, but I don't really, um, I mean, I don't really let it bother me. I mean, I don't live in the United States. So I'm not really that worried Um about (laughs) a lot of uh pushback from this especially because the mainstream media ignores it so much i mean a lot of this has unfortunately in the months since the scandal really broke um has sort of faded from the public interest i think the mainstream media is a major factor in that um not just because they basically ignored and and don't touch the story anymore but even when they did i mean they just sensation uh you know focused on the salacious details of the case and sort of sensationalized it and made it you know tabloid s coverage um, totally ignored the intelligence angle um, and the government involvement in, in all of this stuff um, and basically treated Elaine Maxwell, who was a major co-conspirator in this and abuser of children, you know, um, a rapist herself, and and all of these, you know, accused of all these other horrible crimes, you know, they treat her as Epstein's poor, sad girlfriend, or his gal pal, and I I find that really sickening and disgusting, but basically what that does in the public mind is sort of degrade this down to sort of like a tabloid, salacious story, and not what it should be a, a huge scandal about the fact that there are governments and intelligence agencies who are using taxpayer money to finance um the abuse of children for the purpose of, of blackmail um which in any other like sane world would be a massive story and lead the massive account you know lead to some accountability for those involved and there's really been nothing except that some people have been were forced to retire um from public life oh poor them you know i don't really have a lot of pity um for people like like Wexner and, and Prince Andrew who no longer feel comfortable um, showing themselves, uh, you know, showing their faces at public events, I mean, I honestly think they belong in prison for what they did. Um, you know, How, Prince what, Andrew.
0: What, what do you think about Prince Andrew's 60th birthday party getting cancelled? <laughs>
1: um, well, I didn't even know it was cancelled. Um, but as I was saying, you know, I don't feel bad at all um, for those people. I honestly, you know. Um, A lot of times when this sort of stuff happens and, you know, like a birthday gets canceled, like, you know, mainstream media will make it sound horrible, but like it omit the fact that these people are criminals. So, you know, I don't really um, have any sympathy at all. Actually, when it comes to Prince Andrew, those um, scrubbed media reports. That I was referencing, most of them were in UK media, and a lot of them had to do with um, either uh, controversy about Ghislaine Maxwell herself, because her father was very much hated uh, for a rather long period of time in the UK for um, his embezzlement of, you know, worker pension funds and things like that. So she would get um, some coverage there. Um, but Prince Andrew as well, you know. Um, there were reports of him going on vacation numerous times in the year 2000 um, with Maxwell and Epstein, and that he would bring along with him his own personal massage table um, so he could receive massages from the girls that were that surrounded Epstein and Maxwell at the time. And this didn't get any mainstream media coverage. They, you know, a lot of them took it face value. Uh, Prince Andrews claims that he was innocent. Um, but of course, even though, it, I mean, it came out in, in the court case itself that massage and in massage tables and all of this this was um you know the way they hid uh these sexual activities They were codenamed as being massage when really it was you know forcing these girls to have sex with these people um and so the fact that he would bring his massage table around and would frequently get massages from people on vacation with you know, Ghislaine Maxwell and Epstein. This was going on uh, on numerous vacations uh, that Prince Andrew took with the two of them um, in, in the year 2000. Let's remember, too, that Prince Andrew's uh, only accuser that has gone, gone public, uh, Virginia... Uh, I always butcher her last name, her new last name, sorry. Virginia Roberts is her original name. Anyway, she um, said that she first encountered Prince Andrew in March of 2001. So the fact that this was going on before then, his, his involvement in this is much more significant. Um, It's not surprising why more girls want to come forward to accuse Prince Andrew, when we know that now that the reason ABC News, which apparently had the story before the scandal broke for a second time at Epstein's second arrest more recently, that was largely killed by pressure from Buckingham Palace and for the royal family itself. And that freaked ABC News out enough uh, to kill the story. So imagine being, you know, a girl with, that was abused like this and then you have you know no money no connections and you have the royal family come after you um that uh it, you know it makes sense uh, why there aren't more accusers personally there is definitely a, a lot of evidence that suggests that that prince andrew was you know abused lots of girls much more than than just virginia um in this uh you know a, as part of this operation was very involved in it <laughs> for a very long time Um, and the fact that you know okay so he's been forced to recuse himself from public life I mean I don't I don't really care (laughs) I feel sad for anyone that actually does care and sees him as a sympathetic figure in all of this
0: so do you think Prince Andrew has become a useful distraction then for bigger players because the media in this country on this case that's all they've been focused on day after day after day Prince Andrew
1: so I think people like Prince Andrew and Bill Clinton were the people, uh, some of the "quote unquote" biggest prizes of the blackmail operation that Epstein was running, and I think that had, the focus on them has allowed attention on who Epstein was working for to evade attention, and I think that is the key there. Um, not that I want to paint people like Prince Andrew and you know people at like Bill Clinton as like victims. I certainly don't feel that way, but the fact is they. Um, were, were pretty clearly sort of, you know, entrapped in this. Um, and, you know, what I was talking about those scrub those media reports, I mean, there's there's um, quotes up there of, of Epstein saying that Ghislaine Maxwell sort of um, arranged that relationship between um, Epstein and Andrew and that Epstein considered Andrew to be one of his biggest prizes. And this is before any of this about blackmail came out or anything like that. So, you know, um, I think the focus on them... Um, like, I, like I said, keeps attention away from the intelligence agencies that were tied to this. Um, and, you know, to an extent, Wexner has, has gotten some of the flack as well and been forced to recuse from public life. But, it, you know, Wexner's connections to, to, you know, the mega group or to politics in the U.S. and Israel or intelligence or organized crime, I mean, none of that was covered. Just, oh, um, he got money from Epstein uh, or he helped uh, Epstein, you know, get money and stuff like that. But, you know, Wexner, when, when all this came, out last year, claimed that Epstein had actually embezzled a bunch of money from him, but never provided any evidence. And there's actually, uh, it shows the opposite is true, that when Epstein was going to prison the first time, the amount of money that Wexner claimed Epstein embe- embezzled, Epstein had actually transferred to Wexner right before he went to prison. So uh, the evidence suggests the opposite, but mainstream media like reported Wexner's claims at face value and didn't even look at the obvious evident how the how the evidence obviously contradicts you know what he was saying so it's just it's ridiculous
0: so i've just almost finished reading the assassination of robert maxwell and it, it's just blown me away that this guy could sit down with bosch sit down with Gorbachev right. while la- laundering mm-hmm. money for criminal organizations from the russian mafia to the cartels he was feeding intelligence to all of the various agencies and do you think that Maxwell brought Epstein into that world?
1: Uh, well, that's what I've actually been told. I did an interview with one uh, a, a former uh, member of Israeli military intelligence who worked with Maxwell uh, during the 1980s. And he said that he personally saw Epstein at Maxwell's offices on several occasions, was introduced to Epstein by Maxwell, and that Maxwell said that he had, that Epstein had been approved by the higher-ups and was going to start working with them and things of that nature and that this had been facilitated out of uh due to the fact that Prior to that, Epstein and and Ghislaine Maxwell had already started to date, um, and of course the official story holds that they didn't meet until 1991. Um, this would obviously contradict that fact, in that Maxwell Robert Maxwell saw Epstein um, as you know a potential future like son-in-law or something, and wanted to get them and and his daughter sort of set up in the family business of you know doing all this uh, shadow shadowy activity on behalf of intelligence
0: so Maxwell was riding high for years Robert Maxwell and according to this book he because he was in such desperate need for money he started to put pressure on Israel mm-hmm. to come up with almost half a billion pounds which is um, half a billion dollars probably at the, at the present translation rate so when they weren't far he, he started to threaten certain things so they said, all right, we, we will be forthcoming. Get on the yacht, get on the Lady Ghislaine. You need to meet these people at this location. And he goes off to the Canary Islands. He's found dead in the water without any clothes on. If he had a heart attack, he would have just crumpled and been found dead on the, on the yacht.
1: With his clothes on, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So nothing makes right. any sense. So basically it doesn't make t-
1: any sense. They, yeah. they
0: took him out. Do you think Epstein was taken out by the same people uh, and for what reasons do you think he was taken out?
1: Um, so going back to, to, uh, to Maxwell first, um, from what I understand as well it had to do with the fact that like you said Maxwell was running interference and involved with a lot of different intelligence agencies and in that a lot of the money that he had pilfered out of his businesses in the UK had for a long time been going to finance Mossad activity in Europe. Um, and that at some point he had given some of the money that was intended for Mossad or to be paid back to uh, people that had lent money to Mossad or, or you know uh, uh, Israeli businessmen linked to Mossad, that he had given that money instead to Mikhail Gorbachev of the Soviet, Soviet Union um, and then was unable to make those payments and that's sort of where that um, whole debacle ended up coming from and he started threatening Israel over money and, and all of this stuff. Um, but anyway, in terms of Epstein, um, a lot uh, we were talking about sort of like the media attention to a lot of it is just focused on his death specifically. And so I think a lot of the focus on his death and like the exact circumstances of it and exactly who was behind it also sort of detracts from uh, the the accountability and, and the media pressure on the people that were behind Epstein and finances his operation, what he was meant to do um, in terms of what actually happened to Epstein. Um, you know, if you want to look at it super objectively and just look at the facts, there's, um, a lot we know way, I mean, we know so little about what actually happened. Um, you know, there, there's been no camera footage. The FBI investigation has been like just a total farce and like just gone away. Basically they were going to charge the prison guards for a while who were, you know, found like asleep and like forging stuff. And one of them wasn't actually a prison guard and all this stuff. I mean, the whole thing, um, was honestly just like so ridiculous so like the fact when you take into consider into consideration the intelligence agency angle um you know that raises a lot of different possibilities as to what what could happen it's very possible that what happened to robert maxwell could have happened to epstein epstein um before he uh died was said to have said that he was afraid for his life he was um was willing, allegedly willing to cooperate with authorities and naming names and things of that nature. Um, if that's true, I mean, I don't want to necessarily put all of my trust in what Epstein was saying either, because um, he's obviously not a trustworthy individual. Um, but, you know, it's certainly very possible intelligence agencies when someone, even if they're a longtime agent and a longtime asset, if they become a liability, I mean, just like Robert Maxwell, they get taken out. Um, though you know i don't really want to rule out you know other possibilities some people have raised that he may have been whisked away somewhere i mean when you get involved with intelligence agencies i mean they they do all sorts of stuff uh like that and i think it would be you know i i don't really want to underestimate them that they're capable of that you know apparently they've been hiding gulaine maxwell in israel and some other intelligence safe houses this entire time and she hasn't been seen by the public Um, so, you know, why couldn't they do the same for him? I mean, I don't really want to commit myself to any specific theory. It seems likely just given the precedent with Robert Maxwell, um, that he would be killed off, but there's been a lot of speculation about, you know, the, the coroners involved and claiming, um, you know, he was dead or he was murdered and all of that, you know, like, um, the the, the, cor- the independent coroner that was hired by Epstein's brother, Mark Epstein, is a very shady individual um, who was involved in the Kennedy assassination cover-up um, and the Martin Luther King Jr. assassination cover-up, which, you know, involved intelligence and governments and all of that stuff. Um, so, you know, I really... Uh, it's really hard for me to, like, you know, marry myself to one possibility, but at the same time, I I, I really want to urge people to not focus so much on the circumstances of his death, but on the people who are still with us and who, you know, should be held accountable for their role. You know, this, of course, includes Ghislaine Maxwell. Um, This includes people like Leslie Wexner, who at least are known to the public to be directly associated with this operation, but I think more broadly, the intelligence agencies, because if they were paying someone like Epstein to do this, uh, they will, they were likely paying other people at the time to do the same. Historically, a lot of the sexual blackmail operations that uh, intelligence agencies have used involved underage boys. Epstein was known to only really, in, you know, uh, exploit underage girls. So presumably at the same time Epstein was involved in his activity, there was someone also doing the same to underage boys um, that we don't know about. So, you know, I think until uh, intelligence is held accountable, we'll never really know... How many of these, how many Epstein's are out there, and how many kids they're exploiting, and you know, you know, taking from schools and homes and and forcing them into the into this work. Um, you know, as long as it has state protection and and, an infinite source of financing through black budgets or taxpayer funds, you know, this type of stuff will continue. So focusing all the attention just on um, Epstein specifically and Epstein's death and 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 things of that nature, um, sort of, you know prevents us from eradicating the problem
0: so everybody wants Ghislaine Maxwell to be held accountable you said that she's probably under the protection of intelligence agencies and she's in Israel what do you base that on do you think she also she may have royal protection through this relationship with Prince Andrew
1: um, I mean, I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, of course, the royal family does have ties to the British intelligence apparatus. Um, so, I mean, I definitely think that is possible. Um, I say that I say that about Israel because the most recent reports that have been on, have been about Ghislaine Maxwell's uh, whereabouts have cited Israel specifically. Um, and uh, there hasn't been a lot of media interest in trying to find out where she is or even take pictures of her, even though I'm sure, you know, uh, a paparazzi photographer would be handsomely paid for that, but there hasn't been any interest, um, apparently, in doing so. So that, to me, suggests some level of state protection. Um, knowing that her father had very close ties to Israel's intelligence apparatus would make sense. He also, you know, worked as you know an, an informant or asset or, or, or what have you for several different intelligence agencies around the world, uh, because even though he is most closely linked to Israel's intelligence, he was very self-serving, um, and like a lot of people that get very deep in the world of organized crime and intelligence um you know sell out to the highest bidder on numerous occasions so it's really hard to know exactly um which agencies would be most interested in harboring Maxwell. But given what's come out about a lot of the Sectional blackmail operation being tied to Israel and Ghislaine uh, Maxwell's own family ties to Israel. I mean, Robert Maxwell is buried there after all in a cemetery that's reserved for like very well-respected Israeli politicians and and military figures. Um, And he was basically given a state funeral and eulogized by top members of Israel's intelligence agencies and government. So, you know, it would make a lot of sense for her, um, to be there, but I mean, I definitely wouldn't rule out her being shuffled around different countries at any given time to intelligence-linked safe houses, of which there are numerous, uh, you know, throughout throughout the world, really. Um, and I would say that you know, that state protection is why she hasn't been seen and probably why she won't be held accountable until those same intelligence agencies are forced to be accountable, which um, as we've seen time and again, uh, regardless of the scandal, the intelligence agency always ends up investigating itself and then acquitting itself, right, so um, the push for accountability then has to come from the people and as I've said, a lot of people have lost interest in this case um, as time has gone on, which is, you know, very unfortunate, but is, you know, due to uh, how mainstream media and in the media landscape in general covers this story.
0: Well, they've not lost interest on my channel. There's an obsession with it, so I've just got one final <laughs> question because we're nearly at the hour. Um, Virginia made serious allegations against Jean-Luc Brunel. What became of him?
1: Well, so... After Epstein was quote-unquote killed, there were reports that uh, Brunel and, and Maxwell were hiding out together, the first report of that claimed that it was a, some very exclusive uh, resort in Brazil, um, but it's really hard to know if he is still there. We do know that John Luke Brunel, during the time he was associated with Epstein and the blackmail operation specifically, would travel to South America on numerous occasions to try and procure girls for the operation from there. Um, so, you know, it wouldn't be that surprising for Brunel to be hiding out there, but honestly, um, even though there's still occasionally been sort of spurts of reporting on Ghislaine Maxwell and her whereabouts, um, Jean-Luc Brunel has not really, uh, gotten any of that, like, waning media interest even, so it's really hard Uh, to know where he is um for a time france was going to investigate uh the epstein scandal and there was some media attention about oh finally they'll get to the bottom of it because the u.s didn't or the uk didn't um but of course that is um quite naive and we consider that the current president of um of uh, France used to work uh, for the Rothschild banks, which are uh, tied to a lot of this criminal syndicate um, for which uh, that, that, you know, I sort of uncover in my reports and that a major member of the Rothschild family, uh, Lynn Forrester to Rothschild, is the person that introduced um, Epstein to Bill Clinton, apparently, and made that connection. So um, they have a lot of interest in that, in that not being investigated. So, you know, I just... Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, if people want accountability either for Maxwell or Brunel, it has to come from pressure from the public um, and, and it will not be coming from our public institutions or for mainstream media outlets, which is very unfortunate.
0: I think a lot of people will find what you've said today and your other articles online. The, the depth of the research is just absolutely jaw dropping. People will <laughs> want to support you, people will want to contact you. Um, do you have preferred? Means of people supporting you on social media or contacting you?
1: Uh, right. So I am right now easiest to contact on uh, Twitter because I do have a Facebook author page, but I have been sort of banned from posting anything on it since last April. So uh, you can see it, but there's like no recent articles, and I can not really respond that easily to messages on there. But but Twitter is usually a better bet. Um, I do have a Patreon that I started up because even though I've been at Mint Mint Press uh, News for several years, I have plans in the very near future to be going independent. So if you'd like to support my work, you can follow me on my patreon um which i believe is whitneyweb mpn on on patreon.com or you can just search my name and it will come up there Um, i have plans uh actually well i already have signed the paperwork i will be turning my um, investigation on epstein into a book um which i will be combining with a second investigative series that focuses on the epstein trump relationship uh the real estate money laundering and, and epstein's other financial crimes um including his uh, very major role in collapsing Bear Stearns in 2008 uh, during the economic crisis, which uh, unsurprisingly... Uh, didn't get really any media coverage at all when the scandal broke last year. You think that would be uh, quite significant, but it's it's very well documented that he basically was the pin that that pricked Bear Stearns and led to its its collapse during the the last financial crisis. Um, and, and other things of that nature. So I think um, you know that will be of interest to some of your viewers and if they would like to help me support uh, that series and the effort, uh, behind that book because um, the publisher I'm working with is really small, so they really couldn't pay me in advance on the book. So I'm basically trying to crowdfund it. <laughs> um, so if anyone would be interested in seeing um, my efforts in my, my research efforts into this um, you know very sordid scandal and the world of um, you know intelligence and organized crime and sexual blackmail and all of that, if, if you would like to support me, please support me on Patreon.
0: So all of Whitney's links are in the description box below this video. So I urge people to click down and support what she's doing. Have you decided on a title for the book?
1: Uh, yeah, it's uh, One Nation Under Blackmail is the title.
0: <laughs> wow. So I thank you for coming on. Uh huge thank you to all the people who are following the Epstein videos on my channel. If you've not subscribed, subscription box is in the bottom right hand corner of this video. Huge thank you to all the people who have donated on PayPal, Patreon, just giving Subscribestar to make these videos possible. Um, I totally look forward to reading more of your upcoming reports and finding out what you've got to say on this and the book as well. So, thanks for being so generous with your time. Cheers.
1: Uh, thank you. It was my pleasure.